When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From brand new Pod World Headquarters, this is the Carolina Insider from Learfield IMG College. We're back. Time for another edition of the Carolina Insider. Jones and Adam here with you. Adam, some people would say that today's episode of the Carolina Insider should run sad Friday. Some people would say that. Right. It's Friday, Friday, feeling down Friday. Adam, I kind of feel like we need to go all the way on the other side of the spectrum because if there's ever been a time that we need Rebecca Black, Adam, it's right now. It is indeed Friday. Adam, what up? You don't slow down the tempo to go play Virginia. You push it even faster. Yeah. You get that ball up the court as fast as your little body will carry you at the highest rate of speed that you can. You don't play sad Friday. You yeah. play chippy happy Friday. Yeah. That's what you got. Although I will say, Adam... Not going to say that I'm feeling particularly chippy today. Tar Heels suffered their second worst loss ever in the Smith Center. The worst home loss under Coach Williams. The third worst loss in the Coach Williams era. 
And, I mean, that's just the margin. It's not like that's – I mean, those are not fun to talk about, but it's just the margin. The real disappointing part about the loss to Ohio State was just that Carolina didn't play very well. And some of the things that you are concerned about with this team showed themselves in a very big way. You mix in the injury to Armando Baycott, who had been such a bright spot for Carolina. And it was just a disheartening game. So we'll talk about that in just a second. I know you're excited for that. We also have an interview with Brandon Robinson. And before you even listen to it, it, we did it before the Ohio State game. So if you think he's not like properly sad, it's because we did it before the game. We do talk about the Bahamas. We talk about his role this year. And we talk about what I think is probably the thing that most people will take most notably out of that interview. His opinion on some of the fan-player interactions, both in person and in social media, which I think people will find interesting. We will have a story time today, have a couple of informative nuggets for you as well, and I've got a five-second challenge for Adam, all coming up. I've got... I don't know if it's a mini list or not. I'm not sure. I've got... Don't you get my hopes up on this gray day, Adam. Don't you bring some some vibrant colors into my life with a little Sebastian list. I've got an I don't even want this. And there's a champion's watch. A true champion watch coming up again. Yep. Let's start with basketball. Hmm. I think I said just a second ago what I wanted to say, Adam. It was just... The things that concern you about this team were shown against Ohio State. Most notably, Carolina just struggles to score and struggles to get good, consistent offense right now. And when you saw them against a team that has very good defensive credentials, like Ohio State does, it was exacerbated. And when you mix in the injury to Baycott, and we don't know how long, as we are doing this, don't know how long he will be out. Although, from seeing it, hearing about it afterwards, it seems like it will be at least some period of time. Yeah, just a, just a night that you left feeling a little beat down if you love the Tar Heels. Well, and you said it. R- remember that Ohio State is one of the best teams in the country defensively. So any offensive problems you already had are going to be highlighted against them. And the offensive problems you already had were with Armando Baycott. You're, you're taking out your best scorer of the two-point basket against a team that is the second best in the country at defending the two-point basket. So I can't really remember any recent games when Carolina was down by two points at halftime and I felt extremely pessimistic about the second half as I did on Wednesday because it felt like Ohio State was just kind of just kind of poking at Carolina, trying to see what was there. And the worry was when they went in the locker room at halftime, Chris Holtman, who's a good coach, was going to say, hey, guys, you don't need to poke them. Just get out your sledgehammers and 
that's what happened. I think the uh, the surprising thing that happened, although without Baycott, maybe not, was how badly Carolina was out-rebounded in the game. 48-32, that led to a plus-eight difference in second-chance points for Ohio State. 30-10 to 10 in the paint. Ten points in the paint. Ten. Yeah. But but the rebounding was I think nine to three when Baycott was in, he, well he got four so it was it started nine to three Ohio State and then it, by the time he was out it was like fourteen to six, so Carolina was already getting pushed around some and a, a lot of those were offensive rebounds in that early part of the game when Ohio State would just kind of fling it up there and then go get it. Coach Williams was very clearly frustrated after the game. And, Adam, I think when he said something along the lines of that he was lost on what to do or something like that, that may not be the exact quote, but it was close to that, I think that's that shows you where, where he is right now in trying to get things figured out because he was very clearly disappointed, not only with just how Carolina played, but some of the mistakes that the Tar Heels made and – what the answer is, because I don't know if the answer is, is clear right now. Brandon Robinson said after the game, you know, everybody sees the, the tangible things that you see, like turning the ball over, throwing it out of bounds, or missing shots. He said, but what you may not have realized was there were times when, for example, Carolina was supposed to be switching all screens on the perimeter, and they would talk about it in a timeout, and then they go out on the court, and only half the players would be doing it. Those are the things that really get Roy Williams miffed. And he was miffed a couple times on Wednesday. Anytime you get a Roy Williams timeout six minutes into the second half without really a, a huge run, relatively speaking, we've seen huger just in the last week or so. Something's not right. And, and those are the kind of things that aren't right right now that I think he would most like to fix. You're not going to turn player X into a 48% three-point shooter by waving a magic wand over him, but you need all five players to be executing together, and and right now that's not occurring. And unfortunately, this is a rough time of the schedule, as we've said since September, to be having those issues. It really is an unfortunate marriage of – where the Tar Heels are in their development and health-wise with the difficulty of the schedule. It's it's tough. Right? I mean, it, it's hard it, I mean, it's hard to go out there and work through some things on game day. And of course, you're getting better in practice and all those things, but even there with your low bodies, it's harder. And then I do think and coach Williams, I mean, sometimes some of the early season games, if you're more gifted than the opponent, you can work through some stuff. And they don't have, Carolina doesn't have that luxury right now. When you take out Baycott, which I think it's safe to assume you can take him out for the near future. The Virginia game. That's the near future. You're removing one giant part of things that opponents are really concerned about planning for Carolina. You take out Baycott, let's, let's put on our Tony Bennett caps. 
I'm very, I'm very classy. I'm so handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Eric really likes me. I was in the Pan Am games. Like, hey, I was in the Pan Am games. You know that? I played in the Pan Am games. I prefer a style that many people find unattractive, but I find beauty in it. And I'm working on my Carolina game plan, and I've got right up here at the top, Cole Anthony. And then after that, what am I going to put after that? Yeah, Carolina shot 7 of 23 from 3, which is not great, 30%. That means they were 10 of thirty of 39, is that right? 10 of 39 from 2 against Ohio State. So, that's all stuff that they'll have to work on for sure. And the opponent on Sunday is the only team in the country who is better defensively, statistically, than Ohio State. And plays it the exact same way. They they invented the principles that Ohio State yeah. is trying to use. Yeah. It's like you played UNC Wilmington and were like, oh, they, they really run the ball. And then your next game is against Carolina, and you're like, oh, no, they invented what they're trying to replicate. And, of course, Virginia's coming off a, a disappointing game as well. They lost by 29 at Purdue. Um, they are replacing a lot from what they had a season ago. Well, but the thing about that that I think I'm sure some Carolina fans appreciate, but some don't, Purdue's got that whole thing in that game of like, oh, they beat us in the NCAA tournament. We're going we're gonna to go show them. Carolina's been in some games like that where they go play a team that lost to them in the previous year in the tournament, and they're all fired up, like Illinois mm-hmm. in 06. They thought if they won that game, that would show everybody really Illinois is better than Carolina. They're going to put everything into that game. I'm guessing, with my extensive knowledge of Purdue, that that's what Purdue did against Virginia. So, yeah, they, they blew them out, but I'm, I'm guessing they were a little more invested in that game. Sure. I'd, that won't be an issue on Sunday. No. No. Two really good coaches who will try to have their team ready to go after disappointing results earlier in the week. And unfortunately for Carolina, the the health issue, and I, I hate to keep bringing that up because I know it sounds like an excuse, but I, I mean, Adam is just crippling the Tar Heels right now. They're, they're Leaky Black is not 100%. Cole Anthony was sick the other night, and that's, you know, that's something where he'll get better, obviously. But Baycott's injury and Harris and Fran, I mean, just all the stuff that we know. And again, I know that sounds like an excuse, but I do think it's just, absolutely slowing the development of what the Tar Heels can do. Well, and the, the guy we're not even mentioning anymore because it feels like he's the furthest away. Sterling Manley would yeah. have mattered against Ohio State. Yes. he Carolina needs what he is when he's at the best Sterling Manley he can be. And when you were making out your imaginary roster in the spring and summer, you had him in there playing minutes. And He's just not playing any minutes and doesn't, certainly doesn't appear to be as close as Anthony Harris and Jeremiah Francis. Yeah, those guys were both in uniform. They, no, one assumed, no one thought they were going to play. They were not and did not, but they were in uniform. Sterling Manley is still in a suit. You could have used him against Ohio State to some, push some guys around in the paint, get some rebounds, which Carolina was struggling with, maybe put it in the basket a time or two near the rim. That would have been good. He's not even getting mentioned anymore as one of the issues, uh, health issues, because there are so many other health issues. 
So certainly a trying time at the moment for the Tar Heels. We'll see how they respond. They have the game against Virginia. That is Sunday at 4 o'clock. Then they don't play again for a week. That's that exam week. Then the uh, next contest is Wofford and Carmichael. And then that long trip out west when Carolina will be gone for a full week and play two really good teams. Adam, before anything else, I need to ask you if you know any Tar Heel fans that work selflessly to improve the lives of others in their communities. Pete Joka. Aaron Matson. Aaron, I'm getting I'm limbering up. I'm getting loose for my keeper duties. Ellis Tractor would like to know about Pete Chilcutt and Aaron Matson, and if you know a Tar Heel fan that works selflessly to improve the lives of others in their community. Ellis Tractor and the Tar Heels have partnered up to recognize hometown heroes from throughout the state. GoHeels.com slash hero. GoHeels.com slash hero. Nominate someone you know for a chance to be recognized on the court at an upcoming Carolina basketball game. Ellis Tractor, proud partner of Carolina Athletics. I also, Adam, would like to take a minute to tell you about a podcast from Carolina called Well Said, which confirmed I have been on. (laughs) It is the official podcast from the University of North Carolina. Worth a listen. They're really, they're shorter episodes, just 10 minutes long. Lots of interesting stuff from faculty experts on campus and more. As Adam knows, they've talked about why sharks attack, interviewed a Grammy winner, even talked about esports coming to Carolina. Well said from UNC. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, well said from UNC. Anything else that you would like to discuss before we get to our Brandon Robinson interview? I'm ready for Brandon. All right. Well, we're going to talk to B Rob, then we'll be back. Adam's got a mini list, maybe, maybe has a mini list. Story time. How many items are on a little Sebastian list? I would say three. That's what I think, too. I think three or fewer. Yeah. Okay. So what's the answer? Is this a mini Sebastian list? I feel like little I'm, Sebastian list. I'm going to cut it down so that it meets little Sebastian criteria because I think we need that today. We need little Sebastian. Adam has a little Sebastian list. I have a five second challenge and more. But here's Tar Heel senior Brandon Robinson. Big day on the pod today. A repeat guest who was very educational for Jones last time. Yeah, I only shoot with the X button. I do not shoot with the stick anymore, B. I know you're a lot better player, <laughs> player now. My, my shooting percentages are way up. I know. Hey, that's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. I've never heard nobody shoot with a stick. <laughs> it's the way to do it. Our little boys growing up, B-Rob. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brandon Robinson uh, stopping by Luxurious Pod World headquarters today. Uh, B-Rob, thanks so much for coming by. Um, just give us the, the brief rundown on how you felt about the Bahamas and how things are going. I felt like we played well. I, I would, would like to come out 3-0, and but coming out 2-1 and, and finishing the trip with the win is always uh, better than coming home with a loss. Uh, we would have liked to win a championship, but I think we learned a lot about our team 
And um, we learned we can play with the best teams out there. And I thought we uh, – I was extremely proud of the way we fought back in the Michigan game, being down by 20 and cutting it down to 10 and not giving up. So I think that told a lot about our team. All right, what was your level of freak out when you hurt your ankle again in the Oregon game? Because level of freak out from Tar Heel Nation was very high. Yeah, I was I was really nervous because <laughs> it was uh it was kind of the same twist that I had before, but I knew like once I got up that it 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 wasn't that to that same same level. Mm-hmm. But it was it, it hurt it hurt like crazy, but. Um, I got up quick because I knew I wanted to stay in the game and I refused to come out of the game. I, I knew from the jump I was going to come back, but coach just told me to go back there at Madison. So I just kind of retaped my ankle and I got back out there. I just had to fight through the game. And I knew, like, before the game, I wasn't feeling my best. But I told uh, told Madison, I told James, I told Jonas, I said, we can worry about this at 2.30. We got a game to play right now. So take us through the initial injury in the exhibition game kind of what happened, what did you think happened, and then how, how did you work back from it? Oh, just uh, – it was a chase down block, just something – just like a natural basketball play. It just happened that um, I came down the guy's foot, and I, as soon as, like, I blocked the shot, I, like, got ready to celebrate. <laughs> and next thing you know, I fell on the ground, and I just felt a sharp pain in my ankle that I never felt before. And I remember, like, trying to get – like, just, like, trying to turn over to get up. And I just kept getting – the pain just kept getting worse and worse. And that was it. That was it. I knew that I couldn't play anymore because I've sprained my ankle before, like twisted in a game, but I knew that was much different. And I've never had a high ankle sprain before. So it was something different that I had to work through because i just never been hurt that long mm-hmm. and missed that many games, like just in my basketball career. Like I've gotten hurt here before and missed like one or two games but never like four games in a row. So it was like really difficult to deal with. You've you've been looking forward to your senior season for so long. Mm-hmm. What was it like to have to sit there on the bench and watch your team play without being able to do anything about it? Oh, it was hard. It was hard. A lot of days coming into practice was real emotional, especially the game, the the practices the day before the game. Um, those were always tough because I just always felt like I could go out there and help our team. Um, and we could be much better with me out there just providing more depth. And then me being out there, I'm like one of the most experienced guys coming back. So it was kind of hurting me a lot knowing that I could help our team and I wasn't out there. So a lot of times sitting over there on the bench, for me, like just always standing up after timeouts, um, always being the first guy out, just telling guys good job or helping them out just helped me take my mind off being hurt and made me feel like I was still a part of the team. How long did you get to ride the little scooter thing? Oh, I rode it around for like four days. It was fun. (laughs) Did you get pretty good at it? It was scary because KJ broke the brakes, actually. KJ had it before (laughs) me and he broke the brakes. So one time I was going down a hill and I had to use my my other foot to uh, to slow it down. Brandon Robinson out for two months now after a scooter injury. (laughs) Thanks, KJ. Yeah, no doubt. Um, In the Bahamas, Garrison said, our our boy, uh, Lil Jerb, said that uh, he felt like you were the most important player on the team because of all the things you bring. What what do you bring? Um, I think uh, I can do a lot of things on the court to help our team. I think I can provide a, a shooting. Um, I can score the ball, I can make plays, I, I get others involved. And I think sometimes I just see things from a unique perspective on the court that maybe others might not see. So I can um, just just be right there to help guys out, be like 
oh, you, you could do this different or you could do that different or you missed this person, he was wide open. So I think my experience in just being a part of this team, knowing what coach wants, I think it was a big help for us out there on the court. There was one game, I can't remember which game this was in the Bahamas, but you were sitting there next to Cole and he was clearly a little flustered and, and you were kind of just sort of calming him down. Mm-hmm. What what message were you trying to get through to him and why is that something valuable also? Oh, he's a fiery competitor. He, he gets into the game. And um, I knew we were going to win the game, and I knew the game was starting to kind of get close. So I didn't want uh, him to get on the ref about anything, and then that made the ref hold a grudge and go down there and and call uh, and make a bag, uh, make a make a call against us, or potentially give him a tech because the game was starting to get heated. The crowd was getting into it, the coaches were getting into it, so the ref didn't need one more person on his back. So I just went up to him and was like, "Let's just calm down, man. We're gonna win the game. Let's just get a stop right here, and the game will be over with." So just helping guys understand let's control what we can control and focus on what we, what what we can control we can't um, worry about the cost of the ref making but we can worry about going down here and getting it stopped and winning the game this team is so different <laughs> than the last several years just the makeup mm-hmm. of the team as someone who is a little older and has been here longer how have you tried to get everyone to gel to try to get everybody to understand each other as quickly as as they can right now I think the biggest message that I've been trying to get across the team is that we can be really good. Um, every team that I've been on, well, I'll take this back. I feel like my freshman year the only was the only team that I was on that we somewhat had it figured out at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of knew their role, what, what was going to happen, but we had injuries to, that we dealt with. But I think other than that, we had everything set. Like we, people knew their role and we knew who we were and we knew our identity. And right now we're still trying to figure that out. And I felt like my sophomore year and my junior year, we're still trying to figure it out. And then after Christmas, when we got deep in the ACC play, we figured everything out. So I think for us, I'm trying to get the message across. We have to be patient and, and continue to come in each and every day and work hard. And we're still trying to find ourselves, but we have to be patient. We're not going to figure it out right now. I don't think any of Coach Williams' teams have to figure it out for day one. They get better over time, and that's something that he preaches. Rome wasn't built in one day. It was worked on every day. So I think that's what the approach we're going in right now. How does that happen? Because that Adam and I have talked about that before, that Coach Williams' teams always seem to get better through the year and are playing their best at the end. And that can't be said about every team out there. Mm-hmm. What is it that he does or that you guys do or that you all do together that allows that to happen? I think he has the mindset he never lets us get satisfied. He always preaches to us after each and every game, you know what the best part about this is we can continue to get better. And we we believe it. I believe a whole in my heart that we can get better. I think we're by the end of the year we're gonna be a lot better than the point that we're in right now. And I think us getting more time playing with each other and because I think all of us are fairly new playing with each other. We we have not played with each other a lot at all. It's kind of different from playing pickup to playing a real basketball game. So <laughs> us just playing with each other more, figuring out our tendencies, uh, will be will be good over time. That room wasn't built in a day, but it was worked on every day as straight off uh, thought for the day off of a practice plan. Yes. Okay. What are some other uh, Coach Williams-isms or thought for the day-isms that stick with you? My favorite one is um, we cannot change the direction of the wind, but you can adjust the sail. That's my favorite one. What does that mean? You can't, uh, you can't do nothing about the wind. You can't. The wind is the wind. The wind's going to blow whichever way it's going to go, but you can adjust and you can change to adapt to the wind and um, make the direction you want to go to. You can adjust yourself. How do you think you've done that here? 
ooh, I think I've done a great job with that. I think um, just coming in, I had to figure out what what my role was going to be, what my niche was going to be, how could I be myself with inside the system. So each year for each team, it was something different. I think my freshman year it was just coming in, giving somebody a break, and just going out there for those two minutes or five minutes that I was in the game, playing as hard as I can. My sophomore year, kind of the same thing. And then as the year got, went on, I just started playing better and better, so I just got more comfortable and more confident in myself, and I started shooting the ball well. And then coming into my junior year, uh, things didn't start off how I wanted to. I think my first game, I probably only played two minutes. And then I remember by the end of the year, I almost played like 20 minutes one game. So just seeing my role change over time, I've had to step up and be more of a leader this year, be more vocal. So I think just whatever coach needs from me, whatever the team needs from me, I just wanted to do it. You shot a terrific percentage from three last year. You're obviously going to have more attempts this year than you did last year. How do you make sure that you're still getting those quality shots when you're taking a higher volume of those shots this yeah. season? I think um, I think just me playing in the Bahamas, I, I don't think that I played my best basketball. I don't think I played well at all. I think I can be a, a lot better just because I haven't played in four games, and for me, uh, I'm still trying to get my rhythm back, get used to getting in, get back in game shape, trying to get my rhythm back. And I feel like once I get all that back, my shot will go on 100 uh, a lot a lot more. And I feel that it was a lot of things that I was doing on my shot that's not on my character, like just dropping my follow-through uh, before the uh, ball go through the net, um, jumping and landing off one foot. So that's some of the things I talked about with my dad that I saw in the film on the shots that I was missing. So just making those small adjustments and not thinking about the volume of the shots that I'm taking just continues to be focused in and dialed in on each and every shot. How do you think a good shot for senior year Brandon Robinson is different, if at all, from junior year Brandon Robinson? Ooh, that's a good question. I get about one a year, so that's my <laughs> one right now. I'm done. Hey, it took late in 2019 for you to get there. Yeah. I think um, last year, it was the beginning of the Oregon game, uh, I took a, a one dribble, like kind of like a little sidestep, step back, kind of move, and shot it, and the ball went out of bounds. And coach said, uh, move the ball a little bit and uh, get your feet set, like when we ran out to the other end. I think junior year B-Rob would have came out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Senior B-Rob just got a little lesser, just got a little reminder about yeah. some stuff before. Mm -hmm. um, you guys have the cameras following you everywhere this year. What's that been like? Is it weird? Is it uncomfortable? For me, it's weird and uncomfortable. I, I don't – I mean, I enjoy it, but I like watching them, like, record other people. I don't like being in front of the camera. <laughs> I'm I'm honestly the type of person. I don't like taking pictures. I, I don't like – like, I just it's not for me. But, I mean, anything to give the fans a, a, a inside look of what we're doing and they enjoy it, I'm here for it. But I, I like it, but I don't enjoy it at all. Which, good, uh, which of your teammates enjoys it the most? Ooh, I got a couple. <laughs> Cole, Armando, KJ, Garrison, Huff. <laughs> uh, Hold on, do you need a roster? You just go through it. Caleb Ellis, you're safe. <laughs> and I would say, uh, ooh, I, and Sterling, Sterling, I'll say those, those guys enjoy it the most. I mean, we see some of the behind-the-scenes pictures and stuff and, and the video. Which of those guys you just named are – are those actually candid shots? And which of those guys are like, all right, I'm going to look down at my phone and be wearing my awesome shirt, take my picture, and then I'll put it on my Instagram. 
Are you talking about the walking down the hallway yeah. game day yeah. fits? Oh, uh, oh, I want I want to see if you can guess first. Like, who do you think is like? Uh, uh, who Who do you think uh, goes back and forth down the hallway? I would. My guess is Huff. Yep. And I'm going Armando as well. I would go Huff. Okay. Just one more person too. KJ. Oh, well, actually, two more. <laughs> you're, you're three for three right now. It's one more person. Oh man. Christian Keeling. No. Oh, that was just a guess. Garrison. No. A little gerb wouldn't do that. Cole. Yep. There we go. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> Those four: Cole, Cole, Armando, KJ. Yeah, Cole, Armando, KJ, and who was the other? Huff. One? Huff. And Huff. They take those pictures serious. <laughs> like they compete with each other. Like I'm gonna wear my best fit tomorrow, and I'm gonna <laughs> outdress you. So they take it really serious. <laughs> okay, this leads to we had Christian Keeling in here a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how he's been able to get under your skin a little bit playing Madden and something with his slowdown game in Madden, where he'll just, if he can get a lead, he basically just sits on the ball and just possession time. After that, we need your rebuttal. Against me? Yeah. He's never beat me. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to him. He, it frustrates me. Because <laughs> I'm the type of person when I play Madden, I want to put points on the board. I'm trying to score. Yeah. Hey, we're here for the, uh, yeah, the end zone. Really, I'm not really trying to, I like playing defense, but. I want people to throw the ball so I can try to play, like, make the game fun. I want to go for interceptions and stuff. Like, I'm making gambles. But him, like, he just want to run the ball, like, run the ball, run the ball. Fourth down, yeah, he might throw it, but he's going to run the ball the whole game. And I'm like, man, this, the game is boring. Like, the score will be, like, 14 to 3. He's out. He's like playing Georgia, the old Georgia Tech option out there. It's yeah. just yes. three yards, three yards, three yards. It's annoying. Is it fair to say that you are the best at Madden? No, I'm not the best at Madden. I thought you were. At one at one point, I was number one in the rankings, but <laughs> I'm not number one anymore. I actually I actually retired from Madden. I don't oh. play Madden anymore. Did you retire because you weren't number one? No, I didn't retire because I wasn't number one. <laughs> Who to, who's number one now? Oh, I think KJ's number one. He, I think. Yeah, that's right. Christian said I think, that. I think KJ went undefeated in the Bahamas. KJ had the biggest come up. He was the worst Madden player to the best Madden player, but that's because he's like. It frustrated him that he was so bad that he spent so much time on the game. <laughs> so, like, he played Madden all the time. I like to play 2K and Call of Duty right now, so I'm not really playing Madden. We know Brandon's 2K ability, so you still have that number. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm always on the part. Yeah. But I, the best gamer on our team is Jeremiah. Really? Yeah, he's the best at every game. Is that because he's been playing video games for all 38 years of his life? Uh, probably. <laughs> like, hey, he's the best video gamer on our team. Um, do you have any 2K tips for Jones this year? Oh, yeah. Like anything. last year, you taught him how to shoot. That yeah, was that was a, huge. That was a big this, the The 2K20 game is not quite – it's a little more difficult, yeah, I feel like. It is more difficult. Like it's – the contact is a little harder. Like it's it's harder to get free-flowing offense, I feel like. So give Jones a tip so he can beat his son. I feel like on 2K20, you can just try stuff now and it'll work. Like <laughs> every time I play against people, they just mash the square button still. Like yeah. just reach and they'll steal it. So – just get a lot of steals. Just yeah. hit square. Yeah, to get a little fast break going. Yeah, when they when they start doing dribble moves, just hit square. Get your steal. Cause get out in the open floor. Yeah. That's how we like to play. Especially yeah. when uh, the guys get tired, and just hit square. When the Gatorade See, that's pops the up, thing. Yeah, and the you Gatorade can't. pops up, you just mash square a lot because they'll just turn the ball over. And, and if you use the sprint button too much, it yeah. wears you out super yeah, you, fast. you wear it out. 
Sorry, Adam. We got these are all things I've noticed, and I hadn't even really, I haven't gotten really hard into two K yet. We have it, but I haven't played as much as my son has, so he's going to dominate me when we start. But I'll, I'll bounce back. That's why you got to be like KJ and practice when nobody yeah. is around, yeah. and then you're like, I don't know how I got so good. Yeah. Right. So I'd be interested in Christian Keeling has come in. He has not had the success I think that he's wanted so far. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Christian has some ability and can really shoot the ball. It has not translated yet. How have you tried to help him as somebody who I think you guys spoke some when he made his recruiting visit as well? How have you tried to help him just chill out a little bit and, and focus in on what he can do? Right, I just tell him to be patient and keep believing in yourself and be confident and be that confident guy I know you are. Yeah. Because one thing I know about Christian from the time I've known him since we're in high school, He's never lacked confidence, so I tell him just never, never stop being you. Never lack confidence, and you know, being here is different from Charleston Southern. You know, have a big fan base, and when you play bad, our fans gonna let you know about it. So that can mess with your mental a little bit. So I just tell him just try to block all that bad, block all that stuff out, and just be you, and just continues to be you. And I know it's gonna happen for you one day. It's not gonna be perfect. You're still trying to figure everything out. So once you learn your spots, you're gonna take off. And I think. In the Oregon game, he had some had some good moments and knocked down a big th- a big three for us. Got a couple offensive uh, boards for us, so I think it's gonna it's gonna work out for him. So when he came on his visit, he said one of the things that he really liked was in talking to you and that you told him what a great place this was, even though you guys would be competing some for minutes. I don't know if everybody would do that. Why did you feel like that was important to do? Because I know I know the way we play and I know our style of play and I know how coach is. Coach isn't going to play. It's not like some other schools where he has like five guys that he's going to play the majority of the minutes. They're going to play 40 minutes almost close to a game. Like you have some schools where guys on the bench come in for two minutes and that's it. I know coach is a guy. He's going to give everybody opportunity that earns their opportunity. And I knew we needed him for depth. And I felt that he could help us. And I know he still can help us. So. Anything to help our team win, I was here for that. In addition to the basketball in the Bahamas, you got a pretty cool opportunity the day that you got there. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about uh, getting to help out with the relief efforts and what that was like. So I'm a um, so- social economic justice minor, and so for my class we have to do a service learning project. And it just so happened that um, we, um, I had to came up with the idea of doing a hurricane relief drive. And it just so happened we was going to the Bahamas, and I knew that they had been affected by by this hurricane. And I knew that the hurricane happened, but it had attention while the hurricane was going on. But when the hurricane ended, attention yeah. from from the for the effort reliefs just stopped. So I knew that people still needed help down there. So um, Lee Miller, who runs the Battle for Atlanta, she was a big part in helping me organize everything. And Janet Hoots helped a lot too. So. Just me going down there. Well, first the game that we had against Elon, I was so surprised that I had uh, um, so many people support and bring in items. I think we had over like a thousand pounds of items, and we had so many so many items that we couldn't even take them to the Bahamas. Like we had some that we had to leave here that we're gonna um, end up taking to a homeless shelter. But um, just me going down there, uh, giving those items to the to the um, to the hostel. And seeing those kids' uh, faces and their smiles and the enjoyment they had, uh, it was special. Did you have any idea what that was going to be like before you walked in the door? Did you have any expectations at all? Lee told me that the kids were going to be excited, but, I mean, you don't never know until you get in there. Like, somebody can say that to you, but just from the time we got in there, the first thing they did was grab a basketball. Let's go play basketball. Let's (laughs) go play basketball. So that was fun for me. 
I've never noticed this before until today. Brandon's got a hat on. Does anybody ever say you look like Quentin Thomas used to play here? Don't you think Brandon looks like Quentin a little bit right now? It's the hat. I get I get that a lot. Do you? Well, not not a lot, like in around campus when but when camp comes around yeah. and he comes back in work camp. He has people come up to him and ask him if he's B-Rob, and then people come and ask me if, <laughs> if, if I'm him. So I've gotten that's, – uh, that's the only comparison that I won't take that uh, offensive of because, like, we actually look alike. But when people come up to me and be like, are you Leaky? Are you Kenny? Are you Theo? That kind of frustrates me because I look nothing like them. <laughs> Just because we're basketball player, we're not all exactly the same. People on campus ask you if you're Leaky Black? Yeah, last year, at the beginning of last year, they did. People used to ask me if I'm Leaky. See, they're just not paying attention. That's you don't look anything like Leaky Black. Not at all. That's like asking me if I'm Eric Montross, which, again, that has happened. Yeah, that's happened too. Yeah, so, what? <laughs> <laughs> In the parking lot of the Smith Center. <laughs> that's crazy. A lady got all excited. She was like, I know who you are. I was like, okay. That's the worst part, too. <laughs> Yeah, I, I this frustrates me when people come to be they're like, "Oh, I'm a big North Carolina fan. I know who you are," and I'm like, "Oh man, here they go. <laughs> You're leaky." <laughs> no, nah, I'm uh, Brandon Robinson. <laughs> You're Caleb Ellis. No, actually, I'm not. <laughs> so in my freshman year, I used to always get called Theo. My sophomore year was still Theo because he was around. Right. And then junior year was a mix of Kenny and Leaky. But now it's been pretty – I haven't really got that too much. People know who I am. So it is acceptable, though, to at least suggest that you do look like Quentin yeah, Thomas. I'll That's Quentin okay. Thomas. That's my guy. I'll take him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're Eric Montross. Yeah, that's right. All right, uh, Q – or Q. Look, oh, see, now we're doing it. got him doing it. <laughs> now, okay, b Rob, before we let you go. All right, so – we are recording this before Carolina plays Ohio State. This is a really, really tough stretch for you guys over the next month. Ohio State, Virginia, Wofford, Gonzaga, UCLA. Yeah, really good teams. Yes. What do you guys hope to learn through this stretch where you said, admittedly, you know, normally your team, Carolina teams, it's, it's January, February where, really, where you really start clicking. How do you try to keep learning, keep getting better, but also win some of these games coming up? Yes, yeah, so our goal is, number one, to win every game that we can. So that's our first goal is to come out of this stretch undefeated. And even if that doesn't happen, which we hope we happen, we can't hang our hats. And we have to learn something from each and every game, even the wins that we take. You know, some of the wins that we got here have been ugly, and we've learned from them. So each win or loss, if we take one, which I hope we don't, and, and we're not trying to I'm not trying to speed that into existence. But uh, we just got to learn something from every game, and we can't celebrate every win for a long stretch, you know. We have Ohio State um, tomorrow, so we play Ohio State. We uh, win. We we can't hang our head on that win for long because we got a, another great opponent coming up uh, for Virginia on Sunday. So we just got to take take the take each game, one game at a time, focus in on them, and move on from them when they're done. Are you approaching your senior year any differently individually just because you know it's your last year here I mean have you has that part of it started playing a role yet that it's like oh man this is the last time we're gonna do this or that I'm gonna do this as a Tariel I think uh each and every day when I come to practice is it's a it's it's not more of like a checklist for me uh, a, a box I'm checking off when I'm coming to practice it's kind of like an emotional thing for me each and every day because I'm like well this is my last day doing this like each everything that I do is my last so it's kind of emotional for me, and I'm just trying to take each and every day and approach it 
uh, business-like and go in there and give it my all each and every day. And then each and every game, I just try to go out there and do whatever I can for our team to win, just kind of play with like a chip on my shoulder. Because I'm like really hungry this year. I, I want to go to that national championship game in my hometown. So that's my goal is to get back to Atlanta and win a national championship. So I'm coming in each and every game hungry, each and every day in practice hungry. Coach Williams is, as we record this, sitting on 877 wins. Mm -hmm. Dean Smith has 879 wins. Yes. You know more than the average person about Carolina basketball. Do you have any sense of just that quantity of wins and, and what it means for him to be so close to Coach Smith and those two being connected? I'm pretty sure it's uh, – I know Coach is um, – he's not a selfish guy at all. Um, he's going to tie Coach and he's going to thank Coach. That's going to be the first guy that he thinks. He's going to thank his mentor, Coach Smith, and he's going to give all the credit to him and then he's going to thank his players. But I think – and I hope Coach takes a moment to sit back and realize – and think of the accomplishments that and what he's done for the game so far. Because I know a lot of times he doesn't think about that because he never thinks about himself first. He always thinks about his players and his coaching staff. So I hope he, he takes a chance to sit back and, and just be like, wow, I, I accomplished something. It's a, a great accomplishment. But I know it's going to be an emotional deal for him because I know how much he looks up to Coach Smith and how much he means to him. So I know um, it's going to be a big deal for him. And I know, like I said, he's not going to put all the – thanks on himself, like, I did this. He's going to thank his players, Coach Smith, and everybody that's helped him get to this point. And I think he deserves it. He's a great guy. I love Coach. This is another kind of far-off in the future question. You're going to play a game in Carmichael in a couple weeks? Yes. Does Carmichael mean anything to 2019, Brandon Robinson? Do you know anything about that building? I mean something to my dad, but it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, it, it doesn't mean anything to me, but uh, – I've, I've uh, been through there because of camp, and I've been in there to watch the girls play, and I always say, man, it will be kind of cool to play a game in here. I know it will be loud. So now we get that opportunity. So I'm just uh, looking forward to seeing how that will turn out. Okay, and last thing for me is you said earlier, when you're not playing well, Carolina fans will let you know. Yes. What advice would you give to Carolina fans about, or really any fans of any team, about how to interact with players in a more – I don't want to say normal, but like normal, more helpful fashion. You know, it's crazy. I've, I, I, I've been, been holding back of saying something about this because I felt strongly about this for four years now. You know, we're, we're kids. We're human. We're, nobody, nobody's perfect in anything that they do. We all make mistakes. And I understand that they're emotional about this and they want us to win, but we're not going out there on purpose trying to mess up. We we want to win just as bad as you because we know if we lose, it's on us. And if we play bad, it's on us. And we care about the game so much, so we're already beating ourselves up when we lose. We're already beating ourselves up when we play bad. So you in our comments or you mention us and tell, letting us know and saying worse things to us than we're already thinking ourselves doesn't make it any better. And it it's frustrating. It really is frustrating. And it's not like, when they have a bad day at their job, we're coming to them on Twitter or Instagram <laughs> bashing them. Well, like, you really messed up trying to sell those advertisements right, today. You know what I'm saying? Like, people, they don't know how it feels, and they don't know that's really hard on us. And I think people should think twice before they do do that because, you know, words words mean a lot. You know what I'm saying? Words last. Those words that you see, you, you think about that stuff. Like, you go to sleep thinking about that stuff like, man, they just let me know that I played terrible, and I know I played terrible. <laughs> so 
that it just never it never helps. Just give words of encouragement, you know. That words of encouragement can help is more than they think. Like bashing us doesn't do any good. How long did it take you to not take what some random person says so seriously? Uh, I realized it didn't matter because one time I had a good game and somebody told me I played bad, so I just stopped caring. <laughs> yeah. No, that's at some point you just got to realize. Let it go. Yeah. Does that affect? And by the way, and don't go up to Brandon Robinson and say that he's Theo Pinson or Leaky Black. Also, that you. that you could also do. We've made Brandon Robinson's life a lot better. I feel like yeah. in this in this pod. Yeah, no, we have. Uh, we've corrected a lot of problems. B Rob, what do you think of the new studio? Better than when we were in the uh, locker room down there? It's nice in here. I see the Skittles over here. That's <laughs> <laughs> nice setup. Do you like Skittles? I do. Do you like the lime Skittles, or did you like it when they switched over to the green apple uh, for the green color? Green apple. Oh, B-Rob. What? So you're the one who likes green apple better? <laughs> I'm all in on the lime. I am disappointed they got rid of the lime. I like green apple of any candy. Okay. Well, that you it's just yeah, a green fine. apple fan. Yeah. See, right. that's a totally different thing. Yeah. Those uh, are international Skittles. Yeah. You may not have ever seen those. Yeah, those are from, uh, we got those from Europe. Oh, wow. A Europe listener sent it to us. Oh, wow. They're wow. called Fruits over there. <laughs> B-Rob man thank you so much for your time as always so glad you're back on the court appreciate you giving us some time and I uh, look forward to talking with you again soon uh, thank you we appreciate Brandon Robinson's time Adam before we get to the five second challenge I do think it was interesting what Brandon Robinson said about fan interaction because it was very clearly something that he felt passionate about and wanted to to say something about. Well, and you in listener land couldn't see him unless you were on the gold right, package. Right. But uh, he, you could see him go through the process of, ooh, I've been wanting to talk about this. Mm, not sure that I should. You know what? I'm going to. I'm a senior. I'm Brandon Robinson, and I'm going to say what's been on my mind. And it, like you said, it, it clearly was something that was important to him, which I imagine if I was – 21 years old and people were talking trash to me on the internet it would be important to me too yeah and so that happened before the ohio state game but now the ohio state game has happened so once the ohio state game happened i went back and looked at some of the mentions of brandon robinson and leaky black and cole anthony i'm gonna guess it was not a pretty land to be walking in well and some people and i'm guessing these are pod listeners are very nice and respectful in how you would treat a normal human. Like, oh, guys, we're still behind you. Keep working hard. That's fine. But then there's just some other people who are clearly not pod listeners yeah. who just embarrass themselves. You're just embarrassing yourself talking to a college student that way about a basketball game that they played in and you sat on your couch. Don't do that. Like It's accepted now. I think people think it's okay to do now, which is disappointing. Well, it, it's almost kind of backwards because people always talk about, well, now you have this access to your sports heroes that you didn't have before. So before, you couldn't interact with them as real people, but you wouldn't have told them how terrible they were right but now you know they are real people and you see these real parts of their lives and they're you're on their instagram story seeing what they're doing every day or whatever 
and now you feel like it is okay to tell them that you think they can't shoot a basketball or that they need to work harder? That's backwards to me. It, it seems like now you see they are real people, you would realize, oh, okay, I, I guess I shouldn't say this to them since I wouldn't say this to a normal person in, on real earth. But some, and it's, it's not everybody. No. But you, you know exactly how it is, and so do I. If you get 100 comments and 99 tell you how great you are, and one says, you're stupid, you don't know the difference between a noun and a verb, that's the one I'm going to think about at night. Sure. Now, why, why would they say that? Do you think I really don't? <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe I don't. And you don't even think about the 99. Oh, you're the greatest thing ever. I've never gotten one like that, but if I did, that would be awesome. It's, you think about those. And I'm sure, and clearly, well, he said he did. Brandon Robinson thinks about those. Just so, just don't send them. Yeah, you forget. You forget that what percentage of the population is actually on Twitter? Like, Tiny. Let's say it's fifteen percent at most. You just forget that, and you forget that most people aren't that way. And of the fifteen percent who are on it, are on it like once every four days. Right. And when they remember, they're like, "Oh, let me go see what's happening on that Twitter." And I do think, yeah. Sports and politics, that's where Twitter has gained its largest traction. And there are some great things about that and some very negative things about that, for sure. Okay. Adam, I've got a really good... I'm excited about this five-second challenge today. Okay. Me too. And, of course, this is all because texting while driving takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. And at highway speeds, that's like driving the length of an entire football field with your eyes closed. Trusted Choice Independent Insurance Agents of North Carolina want you to stay safe behind the wheel. Don't text and drive. Go to trustedchoice.com slash heels. Find an independent insurance agent near you to learn more. Now, Adam, we will find out soon what bowl the Tar Heels will be participating in in the holiday time period it almost it almost feels like it's it, it hasn't narrowed down any since the last time we talked about this it almost feels like it's expanded a little yeah yeah no idea no idea honestly where the Tar Heels are gonna go somewhere I still think they should be in the college football playoff but in that vein Adam our five second challenge revolves around bowl games today. All right. So, Adam, the Tariels have played in 17 different bowls hmm. in the Tar Heel existence. Okay. So, Adam, your five-second challenge is to name as many of the bowls that the Tariels have participated in in their history. And, Adam, your five-second challenge Starts right now. Gator, Blue Bonnet, Peach, Sugar, Shreveport, Time. <laughs> okay. You said Gator. Mm -hmm. You said Peach. Yep. You said Blue Bonnet. Blue Bonnet. You said Sugar. Yep. I've got more coming to me right now as I sit here. Did you give me credit for Belk or was that after the buzzer? Yeah, that's fine. And I said Shreveport. I'll let you, that go on a technicality, Adam. <laughs> All those are correct. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. K 
Can I see how many I can get of the 17? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, Liberty? Yep. All-American? No, don't have that one. Um, uh, uh, Detroit? Can I just call them by the city? <laughs> Was it Quick Lane then? Quick Lane. Yep. Uh, oh, El Paso. They're great. Sun Bowl. Yep. Uh, Aloha Bowl. That's correct. Um, now I will say the Charlotte one has had many names. Yeah. So like, does tire, so I called? I counted all those different names, although it is essentially the right. same bowl. Yeah, Tire Bowl and Belt Bowl counts the same, right? Continental Tire Bowl. Right. Yes. Um, it also has two other names that the Tar Heels have played in Charlotte in that bowl game with two other names other than Belk and Continental Tire. Oh boy. Was the was it the Camping World Bowl when Carolina uh, faced Baylor? Make it six left. And it was Russell Athletic. Russell Athletic, that's right. Carquest Bowl? Yep, that was one of the Charlotte ones. Uh, but there was also the Carquest Bowl in Florida. Wow, bro. That's crazy. Uh, 95? No, yeah, you're right. Because No, you're right. Carquest was only in – I messed that up. So that was not one of the Charlotte ones. But there is still one more Charlotte one that you need. Whew, this is complex. So you have one, two, three left. One of them was a Charlotte name. Music and, City. Yep. So you have a Charlotte one and one more. This is hot content that we're providing <laughs> right now. People are yelling at their car radios. Would you right like now. me to tell you what it is, Adam? Yeah. Okay. Can I give you a hint on the, yeah, yeah. Char- or the on the Charlotte name? Yeah, yeah. If you would like Adam to have an easy grill in your kitchen. That just drains the grease right off of that meat that you are cooking. Right. Then this former boxer. George Foreman? Yeah. He was the spokesperson. Oh, that's right. For the Meineke car care. That's right. He was. Meineke car care. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And the other one, Adam, deep in the heart of Texas, the Cotton Bowl. The Cotton Bowl. The Cotton Bowl. So, just to clear up what I was saying about Charlotte, I was wrong. The CarQuest Bowl was in the mid-90s in 95. Carolina beat Arkansas. At Joe that, Robbie Stadium. Yeah. The, in Charlotte, Carolina's played in the Continental Tire Bowl. Twice it was called the Car, the Meineke Car Care Bowl, and once it was called the Belk Bowl, since Tariels have been there. Hey, guys, it's Jones. In putting this together, I realized that I let Adam off the hook on one of the answers on the bowl game. I thought he had said Las Vegas Bowl – but he didn't. Las Vegas Bowl was the 17th and final bowl uh, that we failed to mention. As my apology to you, here's one of the great plays from the Las Vegas Bowl victory for the Tar Heels in 1998. And the nation's uh, ninth leading punter will be kicking to the nation's second leading punt returner. Jason Beeman to make the deep snap. Schmitz gets it away. Oh, hits a pretty good one into the lane. Gordine going back. The ball hits at the 25. Bounces inside the 20. It's inside the 10. And it's going to be down at the 7-yard line. What an effort. What an effort by Brian Schmitz. Second team all-ACC punter for the Tar Heels. That's right. We chose a punt. It was so windy that day in Las Vegas. Brian Schmitz with the 66-yarder to help the Tar Heels win the ball game. All right. 
Let's get back to the show. There are two rules to remember if you want to have a good time. Rule number one, never run out of Colt 45. Rule number two, never forget rule number one. Okay, Adam, for bonus points, Ooh. can you name the three bowls that the Tar Heels have played in the most? And I will say the, the one they've played in the most, they've played seven times. The two that they have played in the next two have both been five trips in the other two. Is this by name or by like location? Well, it doesn't matter. It's the like same. Charlotte. You can. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, Charlotte isn't in this though because that's four for Charlotte. Really? Yep. Gator. Gators number one with seven trips. And then I've got two more. Sun. Five trips to the Sun Bowl. Whew, every one of them's been glorious. I've got I'd say it's rocked, actually. Yeah. Yes, El Paso really, really rocks. And then one more, you say? Yep. Five trips to this one as well. You should know this one, Adam. I should? Yeah. Ronald Curry, Willie Parker. Oh, the Peach Bowl. Yep. So Gator Bowl, Peach Bowl, Sun Bowl, the three Peach they've been Bowl. to the most. That was a good five-second challenge. Got a little murky there when I messed up the Charlotte deal, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that. Yeah. I like bowl games. Me too. Maybe we'll be able to add a new one to the list next week at this time. Maybe. Or maybe it'll be or, an old familiar friend. Maybe it'll be an old an old familiar jolly chap of ours. We like, don't know. Like the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Hey, Cotton Bowl, we're coming for you. <laughs> okay. Adam, let's do our champion watch. Okay. Brought to you by UNC Healthcare. The team at UNC Healthcare dedicated to caring for champions of all kinds, you and your family included. See their lineup at unchealthcare.org slash sports adam a very clear champion watch in focus this weekend let us go to san jose do you know the way to san jose anson dorrance does women's college cup action this weekend seven o'clock tonight the tariels take on washington state kind of an unusual foe at seven o'clock on espnu you can watch that tonight. That's uh, the national semifinal. The other national semifinal is right after that. A little more familiar names here, Stanford and UCLA. The winners play on Sunday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Weird time for the championship game, but that's when it is. I didn't schedule it. I'm just telling you about it. It's not up to Adam. So good luck to Anson Dorrance and the Tar Heels as, once again, they're, they're in the Final Four and they're breaking up. A bunch of Pac-12 friends out there. They're going to bring home that trophy. So best of luck. Hope we, uh, hope we have another on-the-pod champion discussion here coming in the next few weeks. Let's get to your little Sebastian list. What's on the top of Adam's list? Up in horsey heaven, here's a thing. Brought to you by Top of the Hill. You trade your legs for angels' wings. Where Tar Heels come to celebrate. And once we've all said... Man, I do have to say that music brings my mood up a little bit, Adam. Just a little. First little Sebastian item, Matt Stone sent us a message. You had already seen this video of a young gentleman who appeared to possibly be in college. 
who was using his tuition money well and was drinking from the water fountain. Yeah, he was. When it crossed over to 100,000 bottles saved. And the celebration was exactly what you'd expect. Yeah. I think when we get to that point here, the water fountain in brand new Podwell headquarters, I want you to do that. Adam. I want you to be the one with your head underneath the stream of water, and I'll be your I'll be your hype man in the background cheering you on. We could get Coach Williams and Coach Brown and yeah. Coach Banghart and Coach Shelton to all yeah. come over. Come on, guys. High five me. Yeah. What's it sitting on right Look, now? Look, I know you guys have a bunch of championships and right. halls of fame and all that yeah. stuff. Look at Adam. <laughs> he just saved a couple bottles of water, guys. What's it sitting on now? Do you know? I don't know. It's over 2,500, though. Mm-hmm. Over 2,500. Still a long way from 100,000. Adam, there's only one thing to do. Stay hydrated. Get there. Room wasn't built in a day, but it was worked on every day. Yeah, it was. Uh, we got a very nice DM from Lauren Danielle. Uh, she says, this is another one of these that I never see. Adam somehow gets secret DMs. Right. Yeah. She says, hi. Hi. Do you guys have any merch? Uh, well, (laughs) it's a long story. Uh, you're going to need to go to the merch tent and you can buy, uh, shirts, albums, all sorts of things. Lauren says, my fiance is a huge fan of the pod. And of course, UNC. By association, and the fact that he makes me listen to the pod every time we are in the car. Wait, wait, makes? Makes you listen, Lauren? I think it started out as makes, but now (laughs) she secretly likes it. Right. Yeah. I am also a fan. Oh, okay. Would you like to know what Lauren's favorite parts of the pod are? Yes, I would. I really like, writes Lauren, the yodel part and references to Footloose. (laughs) (laughs) And I found myself saying, see you later, Big Grits, to random people after a few glasses of wine. Yeah, yes. (laughs) Lauren, you are target demographic. They never get it, and it usually ends with my fiancé apologizing, saying, it's a UNC thing. (laughs) Well, you know, okay, I didn't mean to cut you off. Is, Is Lauren's email done? Well, anyways, she says, Christmas is coming up. And I love giving him more thoughtful gifts than just your typical sports tickets or merch. Yeah. Yeah, who'd want that? Yeah. I know he would love a Carolina Insider shirt or something of that nature. I'm going to tell you something, Lauren. So would I. Lauren, if you'll send us... Well, we'll take this offline, Lauren, because I don't want I don't want to spoil what's in Santa's sleigh. Yeah. Lauren, let's just say we're going to figure this out. Yeah. We're on it. Now, let me quickly... Just as a side note to Lauren's email, Adam. That is something about the pod that I wanted to bring up. Like, what we hope to do here on the pod is have a wide variety of things that you hopefully will enjoy. There are some people who listen to the pod for the interviews. And there's some people that enjoy the analysis that Adam and I give. For example, our parents and our wives. <laughs> Although, or or our your, your, your wife, Adam, not mine. <laughs> there are some people who enjoy the yodeling and the Mr. Goose Honkers. Or, wait, yodeling and... Oh, Footloose, Footloose references? Footloose, Footloose references. You gotta cut loose. But that's kind of the point. The point is, we all love this thing that is the Tar Heels. And that's always going to be at the heart of what we're doing here. Always. 
but we also we want to have something for everybody. And if you don't like some part of it, that's okay. We appreciate you being here and listening to whatever part you do enjoy. And if you enjoy the whole thing, that's awesome too. And when you send us a mean tweet about the parts you don't like, don't worry. We only worry about it between like 2.30 and 3.30 a.m. <laughs> only after a couple glasses of wine Fine. and when we're telling people, see you later, Big Grits. <laughs> and our spouses have to apologize for it. <laughs> Which happens more than you might think. Uh, Adam, did you have one more thing on your list? Yeah. Another thing that people might like about the pod is when we do intensive journalistic research. Oh, yeah. Adam's good at that. Such as when Paul Gatling sends us an email and says, I've watched Carolina play basketball since I can remember. I've noticed something that I've never noticed before. About halfway up the lower level bleachers, the steps all of a sudden are yellow. Has that always been that way? I've never noticed the yellow steps while watching on TV before. Well, Paul, luckily, we went straight to the source good friend of the pod, Brett, and asked him, yo, Brett, what up with those steps? Yeah. He says the steps have always been yellow like that, but they had gotten very faded the last year or so to the point where the yellow wasn't very noticeable. They put an emphasis on fresh paint in a lot of areas around the Smith Center over the summer, and that was one of them. Mm. They are perhaps painted a little further down the front side of the steps than you might have seen before and that's why it may be more noticeable on television now i think the very first game i ever went to in the smith center carolina was playing ucla Mm. and i remember thinking why are the steps the same color as the ucla color like or one of ucla's Mm. colors yeah i bet that was confusing because there's also some ucla blue in the arena i bet young jones was perplexed i was i my head was a mess well, and of course, that gives us the chance to give a what up. To the Smith Center maintenance staff, who always do such a great job. Uh, and they also, uh, they fixed me up with a tarp at the uh, most recent game. We only had one tarp down in our little area where I live during the games. Uh-huh. And the one tarp ended right before where I sit. So it was like any liquids that were in the tarp were going to dump directly on top of my laptop. That's no good. Can't have that. So they went in there, got another tarp, put that tarp up, and now we're double tarped. So don't you worry. Everything will be fine. All right, Adam, couple of informative nuggets (laughs) from me. Number one, Carolina football signing day celebration coming soon. It is Wednesday, December 18th. That's the same day Carolina plays Gonzaga. But it's that game's out in Spokane, Washington. This event is in Chapel Hill. 6 o'clock on Wednesday, December 18th. That is the early signing day, which quite honestly, it's just kind of becoming signing day. Mm-hmm. In fact, I know the Tar Heels are hoping to have as many as they can of their uh, commits have their letter of intent in on this day and not wait till February, which makes sense. So, Carolina football ticket holders and Carolina football family members, that includes former players, coaches, managers, trainers, video staff, all encouraged to join head coach Mac Brown, his staff, signing day celebration at the Blue Zone Concourse Club, Wednesday, December 18th. 
There will be a program which will include comments from Coach Brown. There will be a panel featuring members of the staff. It is $25 to go to the event. That will include hors d'oeuvres and a wide range of beverages. 2019 Carolina football season ticket holders, as well as anyone who has already made a deposit for the 2020 season, will receive an email here soon if you haven't already with a link to purchase tickets for the event. If you have questions, 800-722-HEAL. That's the ticket office, 800-722-4335, and they can help you out with that. Always a fun event. I have been a part of that event in the past. I will not be there. Not that that's going to matter to anyone, but just I have been there. It's always fun, a celebratory feel. Um, And so looking forward to that, I think it should be a good time coming up in the Blue Zone. And Tar Heels hope to be signing a great class. Yeah, that's right. And Carolina hopes to be signing a terrific uh, class, which it seems as though they are going to. And so that is coming up Wednesday, December 18th. Okay, radio show. We've got a couple moving parts here on the radio show this month. We have added a show and taken a show away. So there's one show being added that is on Monday, December 16th. We are adding a Mac Brown Live that day. It was not on the original schedule with Carolina qualifying for a bowl. We wanted to add a Coach Brown show. He could talk about the regular season as a whole, talk about the upcoming opponent in the bowl game as well. That, again, will be during the time period when the Tar Heels are gone out west with basketball. I will be with basketball. Rick Steinbacher is going to host that Mac Brown Live. So Rick will be there with Coach Brown. Top of the Hill, Monday night, December 16th at 7 o'clock. Now, there's also been a radio show removed. We had one scheduled for December 23rd, a Roy Williams Live But with the closeness to the holiday, after some discussions, that show has been taken off the books. So one show added, a Mac Brown Live on Monday, December 16th. One show removed, a Roy Williams Live from Monday, December 23rd. And finally, Adam, we have mentioned the Tar Heel Voices podcast before. We did so a couple weeks ago. That podcast channel is now up and running. You can find it in all the same places you find the Carolina Insider, but it is different from the Carolina Insider. So right now on the Tar Heel Voices channel, there's only been, I believe, three episodes that have been sent out. They are all Courtney Bankhart radio shows. So we are approaching uh, that channel right now, kind of the same way we do with our coaches' shows with Coach Williams and Coach Brown on the Carolina Insider where you will get the full Courtney Banghart live show coming to you as a podcast. Also, Coleman Scott, Carolina's wrestling coach, has his own podcast that is available through other channels. We are now going to make that available as well through the Tar Heel Voices podcast avenue. So we will continue to add, and we're in discussions about some different things to do, but our goal with that channel is to have some of the non-football, basketball-related content that if you're interested in that, that that'll be your place to go get it. So, for example, the Mike Fox Show later on in the spring on the baseball side of things, that will also be available via podcast by signing up for Tar Heel Voices. So if you're interested in that content, that is an easy way to get it sent right to you. And just like the Carolina Insider or Mac Brown Live and Roy Williams Live, 
an easy way for you to get it right to you and listen to it when you want. You should take any opportunity to listen to Courtney Banghart. Oh, yeah. Because she'll make you smarter. And also, good basketball coach, in case you haven't been paying attention. Adam, I thought we would end the week with a story time. Hey, do I get to do my I don't even want this? Oh, you have an I don't even want this. Yes, you do, Adam, but it is after I remind you that whether your favorite seat is courtside or upper level, head to StubHub, grab 100% verified tickets, and you know you'll get in. After all, they've been hooking up fans for nearly 20 years. StubHub, official fan-to-fan ticket marketplace of Carolina Athletics. StubHub, be there. And also, Adam, I need to ask you this very important question. Would you like to hear from our friends from HelloFresh? HelloFresh. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. I'm glad Mrs. Doubtfire got in here (laughs) to lead us into that HelloFresh ad there, Adam. Okay, Adam has an I don't even want this. This I don't even want this goes out to wooden spoons. Mm. I don't even want wooden spoons. I want... Feels like time has passed wooden spoons by. No, they're coming back. Because I, I want... Here's things I do want. I want ice cream. Yeah, yeah. I want to be respectful to sea turtles. Also true. And respect the oceans and our environment. Yeah. I do not even want the the wooden taste in my mouth. Oh, you're talking about like the little like almost ore looking things. Yeah. but I thought you meant like big old like kitchen wooden spoons. No, 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 no. I'm talking about single serving size wooden spoons. But now, for example... And this came up at the Smith Center on Wednesday night. Some folks in our row went and got some some ice cream products. And when they were given... Ice cream of the future? No. Oh, okay. Uh, a different brand. I guess we could probably say it, but I'm not sure. It was two guys, and they're from Vermont, <laughs> and their cups have cows on them. And when they came back, I thought, yeah, ice cream. I, I want ice cream. Yeah. But you had to eat it with not the flat wooden spoons, but it was like an actual spoon, but it was made of wood. Mm. I don't want that. It tastes like wood. Mm. I don't want to eat a tree. I have not experienced this. I respect you, sea turtles. I understand that the plastic spoons are damaging to you in some way that I don't fully understand, but I really would like to eat my ice cream with something that is taste neutral. Well, I think all you need to do is invent a product, Adam, that is not bad like plastic for the world, but doesn't taste like wood, and boom. Right. And you're a billionaire. <laughs> Next thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. So I think that once I have uh, sold off the third down laser company, mm-hmm. uh, the, the first down laser company to, uh, you know, like Google, yeah. Or Apple. Yeah. Whichever one wants. Then it. I'm going to move into the spoon space and solve that whole thing. 
Because there's other people at the Smith Center who want to eat these ice cream products, but they don't even want the wooden spoons. Man, I can see the headline now. It's like, how did the first down laser mogul get himself into the spoon game? <laughs> Our one-on-one with Adam Lucas. <laughs> I think the next time I want an ice cream product at the Smith Center, I'm bringing my own spoon from home. Is that legal? Uh, sir, you've got a spoon here. Adam, are you ready for story time? Now I am. Me gazing at our goose bowl over there. Erin Matson liked our goose bowl. Yeah, she did. She actually come. She said, "That's a that's a nice bowl." Yeah, it is. Yeah, it Thanks, is. Erin, feel like we're good friends with Erin. I think we are. She probably don't remember our names, but when you saw her out on the at center court, I felt like a proud dad. I know. <laughs> I was like, "There's Erin." I remember when Erin was playing Aaron. field hockey when she was eight. Erin, hey, it's me. It's me, Sean. <laughs> All her teammates are like, uh, Aaron, who's that guy? She's like, I'm not sure. <laughs> old guy's yelling at you. I have to hit field hockey balls at him, and he thinks he's going to stop some. <laughs> um, our story time today is from good friend of the pod, Dennis Goss. Now, one quick reminder before we have Mr. Goose Honkers unfurl his wings. This is Dennis's story. And not my story. So when I say I, like right now I mean I, but when Mr. Goose, Hon- as soon as you hear Mr. Goose Honkers start, from that point until Mr. Goose Honkers is done, any I or me is actually Dennis speaking and not me, Jones. Okay. Mr. Goose Honkers, please get yourself ready because Dennis's story starts like this. Why did I become a Tar Heel fan all those years ago? You may ask, Adam. I added that part. I, Jones. So now I'm confusing everybody. I, Dennis, recall seeing Larry Miller and the basketball team play on TV, and I loved the blue uniforms. But it wasn't until age 14 that I got my first shot at seeing a Tar Heel game in person. My best friend and I were invited by a neighbor to go to the November 1974 UNC Duke football game at Keenan Stadium. This is the day that hooked me forever. Doesn't Adam know it well? After we arrived in Chapel Hill, we parked right next to Keenan in a numbered spot on Stadium Drive. Why'd you brag about it, Dennis? As we entered the stadium, the smell of hot dogs and popcorn was thick, reminding me of the State Fair in Raleigh, where, Adam, they have... What are your favorite items? Miss Debbie's apples. Thank you. We proceeded to our seats... And the sights and sounds inside the stadium were intoxicating. See you later, Big Grits. What is this woman saying to me? I'm sorry. It's a tutorial thing. I was experiencing my own discovery, almost like Andy Griffiths. What it was was football. They was running. They would run at one another and kick one another and throw one another down and stomp on one another and grind their feet in one another and I don't know what all. You know one thing about the Andy Griffith, what it was was football, Adam, is I had forgotten that he actually did it like before a game in yeah. front of a full stadium. Yeah. What a wild moment that must have. I mean, I think that's a little different than something that would happen today. It's just my two cents. Imagine, we should call up Michael Beal and be like, Michael! We got an idea for pregame 
Uh, let's have a uh, let's have a comedian come, and we're gonna hook the microphone at midfield, and he's just gonna tell jokes to the stadium <laughs> while the teams wait to flip the coin. What do you think? All right, I'm so- Mr. Goose Hunkers. I'm sorry. Let let's get you fired back up. The team running onto the field, the marching band, the cheerleaders, the victory bell, the mic man leading the cheers, the halftime card section. I was a little duckling. Oh. Being imprinted by this Tar Heel cultural experience. As the game progressed, things were not going well for the Heels. The team was down 13-0 as the fourth quarter began, and my fair-weather chaperone had had enough. This game is over, he said with disgust. We're out of here. My heart fell. I didn't want to leave, but I had no other way to get back to Apex because the Maryland, the Maryland basketball team was not riding the bus back. A little pod callback. I was hang-dogged all the way to the car. We, of course, beat the outbound traffic handily and quickly made our way down Highway 54 onto 751 back to Apex. After a few minutes, the fair-weather chaperone decided to turn on the car radio and see what the final score was. The radio announcer, Dennis says, he's pretty sure it was Woody, explained that it wasn't over yet. The heels were down 13-7 and had just received a turnover. Another mile down the road, the heels scored, got the extra point, and held on for a great 14-13 comeback win. Dennis was thrilled, oh, excuse me, I was thrilled the heels won, but at the same time I was crushed. I had missed seeing the comeback win in person. I vowed to myself right then and there that somehow, someway, no matter what, I would never leave a Tar Heel game early again. This day affected me permanently in so many ways. I became a naturalized citizen of Tar Heel Nation because of that game. I only submitted one college application and was accepted. Too bad about it, Dennis. During UNC's early decision cycle in fall 78. My first game day was also when I developed my Tar Heel FOMO, fear of missing out. And it governs his game day habits to this day. His never-leave-early mantra paid dividends as a 78 freshman. UNC Duke football in Keenan again. And just like 74, Carolina was trailing in the fourth quarter. Time for one final play. Amos Lawrence scored on a draw play, and Carolina defeated Duke 16-15. Adam, what do you say we uh, hit the wayback machine and hear hear the play-by-play call, one of Woody's most famous calls. Here's Kupak. I had controlled my own destiny this time, stayed the whole game, and heard the sweet sound of the victory bell in his ears. Over the years, there have been many other dramatic finishes he was able to witness because of the FOMO. The 04 goal line stuff of T.A. McClendon. The 07 field goal to beat Miami. The 2012 no he's not, yes he is game. The 16 Mr. Biscuit to Bug Howard pass to beat Pitt. And when Dennis thinks about that formative experience on a fall day in 1974, he realized the game ticket hot dog and coke he got were just a small piece of what became a lifetime gift. He said that, my friends, is my why of being a Tar Heel. I bet everybody has a similar experience to that, Adam. What's yours? Like the first time that that I got hooked by the Tar Heels. I would say 
it is probably the 87, your favorite team. Yeah. 87 Tario basketball. What up, Jeff Denny? Yeah. I think that's it. That's the first team that I distinctly remember, remember. And I'm sure I'd watched stuff before that, but I don't remember. That's the first one I remember. And just being crushed when the Tar Heels lost to Syracuse. That was it. That's it, Adam. How about you? I think mine was, like, if I had to pick one moment, as Dennis so colorfully did. Right. The first big game I remember going to in Carmichael, I think we've talked about this on here before, Carolina was playing UCLA when they were coached by Walt Hazard. Mm. And I remember walking to the game. Like I remember walking by the pool right over there by Carmichael and walking up the steps. And I remember that Walt Hazard got a technical foul. And I had never, I'd never imagined that a coach would do something as uncouth as to get a technical foul. Because Dean Smith would yeah. never do that. Never saw that on the Tar Heel sideline. And it just it blew my mind that Walt Hazard was freaking out over there. I think that was the game that was supposed to be the first game in the Smith Center. Um, and they played the, the Carolina victory song before the game was over because it was a blowout. The Tar Heels stomped them. Take that, Walt Hazard. And uh, so just everything about it, I was completely hooked on it. I think the other thing about Dennis's story, is there anything that changes so much as you get older as your desire to beat traffic? It definitely ramps up. I mean, when you're a kid, you don't care at all about yeah. traffic. I used to make my parents go to all four games of the ACC tournament on Friday, including the ones Carolina wasn't playing in, since obviously they're only playing in one, and sit there all day. Now, I'm mad if I get there more than the appointed time before the Tar Heels play, and as soon as the Tar Heels play, I'm out of there. And if I could leave games early or get there late to beat traffic, I would. But 10-year-old Tar Heel fan Adam wanted to be there when the gates opened. What time did the gates open? I remember our family talking about that. Well, what time did the doors open? That's what time Adam wants to be there. And I'm going to sit there. Until the team leaves the court, and probably longer than that, because you gotta you gotta walk up the steps and look for those stadium cups, so that you can take fourteen back with you on the Tar Heel Express, and everybody is envious of you. Oh, look at that guy! He's got fourteen stadium cups. What do you think he's gonna do with them? He is definitely gonna get that that uh, water fountain to hundred thousand <laughs> soon. <laughs> and. But but now, old Tar Heel fan Adam's like, ah, why don't they turn all these lights on green when I'm leaving Keenan Stadium all the way to 40? It's the worst. Adam, anything else? That's all. All right. We are back next week. I don't know what we're doing next week, but it's going to be awesome. We've got some good interviews in the can, plus we're doing some next week that are going to be really good. We... uh have the Virginia game to talk about. We will also have the Wofford game and Carmichael. Maybe we can do something fun around that. We'll see. But for now, we will let Brandon Robinson and the RZA get us out of here on the latest edition of the Carolina Insider. This is Brandon Robinson. See you later, Big Grits. <laughs> when I was small, Nothing at all
sugar in a stink of margin. A hot pot of grits kept my family from starving. Steamy hot meals served less than five minutes. Big silver pot boiling water salt in it. House full of brothers and sisters, the pot's missing. Pilgrim on a box on the stove in the kitchen. When I was small, we had nothing at all. We used to eat grits for The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Tar Heel Sports Network. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.